love and support um, to the Lewis family and the Law family um, during, during a tough time. And um, just thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, my wife's heart, Mary's heart. And I, again, I just kind of jumped up here and, and decided to speak on their behalf. So they might get on to me later, but maybe not. Um, we all loved, I'm going to call him Grump because that's what I called him. Uh, that's what my kids called him. But, but Mike, Grump, Cheese, whatever you called him. Um, I know that all of you called him friend. And um, you know what? Uh, someone came up to me and uh, Mike had a friend named Corey. And Corey had multiple sclerosis and could not walk. And Mike just loved on, Mike had his way of loving on people. And I had to figure out, of course, I was a son-in-law. And so he, he loved on me a little differently. But Mike and Corey would kind of go back and forth and, and you'd think, man, these guys don't like each other, but they loved each other. They just go back and forth. And Corey was, was paralyzed, he couldn't walk. And as you all know, you know, Grump had issues with his feet, and with his legs, and uh, someone, Corey, it was Corey's grandmother, she came up to me at the funeral home and she said, you know, I was upset about this. And then I thought, she said, the thought of my grandson running to meet Mike, who was standing on his own two feet. She said, that gives me hope. And the thing is, church family, God is a redeemer. He is a restorer. And we pray and we hope, but sometimes healing happens when he gathers us to himself. And we pray almost selfishly for ourselves. God, I don't want to lose this person. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want them to go away. I want to keep them here because they make me feel safe. They make me feel loved. But one of the most beautiful things about our God church family is that once we're connected to him, we're connected to all of us. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That's what Jesus meant when he said, Abba, our Father. We're all one big loving family. And so, yes, we, we, we cry and we get upset and we miss and that's okay. That's normal human, that's normal, that's emotion. But we don't lose hope. David said this. He said, when his, you may, you may or may not know the story, but David had an infant son, this is King David. He had an infant son and that son died. And David wept and he said this. He said, no longer can he come to me, but I can go to him. And so church family, I have hope knowing that everybody in this room has lost someone. Everybody in this room has someone that has gone to Jesus. And one day, we get to have one big, beautiful church family reunion. Amen? And that is where I place my hope, that God can do that. Amen? Amen? So again, thank you so much, church family. Thank you so much for your outpouring of love. It really, really made a difference. Thank you, First Lady.
I want to jump into this message this morning. Um, there is, uh, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, and if you want to turn, to turn to Exodus 20, we're going to read a little bit more out of Exodus than Genesis this morning, but if you want to look at, uh, turn to Exodus 20, I'll give you a chance um, while I'm looking at uh, Genesis, but there is, uh, I want to tell you a story uh, before I get ahead of myself. Uh, there was a gentleman that I knew very well, and he was working uh, long hours in a, in a frustrating job, and uh, he came home one day, and he was so angry just at things that went wrong at, jo- at the job, and he just was so, so, so frustrated, and he, he came home, and, and the kids were just his kids were just being kids. And so this, this dad and husband, he, got, he just got frustrated. And the dad just kind of went off on the kids. Get away from me! Wife says, hey, whoa, calm down. Well, you don't know what it's like. This guy had been overworked. Stress was way up here. Have you ever seen that happen to somebody? And that loss of, uh, I went to a football game Friday, and I saw this coach getting real stressed out. <laughs> and I just thought, man, that dude, he's going to have an ulcer. But listen, uh, to me, when I see someone lose it, just lose it, because they're so stressed, they're so frustrated, I think, man, that person needs to take a moment. And, I, and I, I get a little concerned about where their heart's at and where their head's at. And, you know, how, you know are you trusting God? Because when we lose trust, that's when we can freak out like that. And so I just want to be open and honest with you. But, but that gentleman that I knew very well is standing in front of you. That was me. I came home one day just angry because things were not going my way. And I had been going and going and going. And it was... Between, between the workplace and the church place. Because let me just be real honest with y'all. Sometimes somebody can get burnt out. You volunteers, you can get burnt out working at church. Let me be real with you, okay? I love my volunteers. You guys make a massive difference in the way this church, in the mission of this church. You make it happen. But don't you get overworked up here. Um, and between all those things, I had gotten overworked and stressed out. And that stuff just, just gets in there. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times we can't get away from our stressors because we have these things attached to us. And you just get stressed out. And, and somebody from work is, te- you're off. Somebody's texting you, how do I turn the lights on? You know, it's something crazy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you're stressed out. And then maybe you, 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 you come in from, from your, your, your uh you're, you're letting things go, and you think, man, I'm having a good day. You come in, you look in your mailbox, there's your bills. Come on. Lord, have mercy. And if you own that Spring Hill Premium Water Plan, you know what pain feels like, okay? You look at that Entergy bill, and you, oh, oh. And then, if you're like me, you look at that bill, you look at that bill, and then you get something from the state of Florida because you went through a toll when you were down there. You're like, man, Florida, leave me alone. <laughs> and so 
It just follows you. Man, it's almost like you just can't get away from it. And so God doesn't want us to live a life that is stressed out like that. Come on, can you say amen on that? I want you to believe that, church family. Listen, I believe that God honors hard work, and I believe that God honors hardworking people. But God does not want you to work yourself to death. God does not want you, if you're a family person, God does not want you to work so much that your kids don't even know who you are. Woo, let me get real. I have all the respect in the world for hardworking people. Again, all the respect in the world. You provide you get out there and kill it. You do a great job. But I don't think that God set up the family. Come on, we can go all the way back to Genesis and see how God set up families. I don't think that God set up families to work themselves to death. I think God set us up to love each other and to be with each other. And again, you got to work, and God honors work. Um, the Bible speaks extensively about work. But God did something, and he did this. We're not going to be legalistic. We're going to talk about the Sabbath this morning briefly. And, and some people get really legalistic about the Sabbath. And they say, well, Pastor, I, I know a guy that went to work on a Sunday. I'm like, okay. Well, that's a sin. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen, uh, if you don't go to, can I, can I just give you all some revelation knowledge? If your boss says, hey, you're scheduled to work on this Sunday, and you say, boss, I'm not coming to work today, you're going to get fired, okay? All right? Listen, this is what God did. Genesis uh, 2, he instituted something. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. It's talking about creation. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Okay, so God sets an example here. God sets this precedent of resting on the seventh, making the seventh day set apart. Everybody say set apart. Set apart. Okay, what's that mean? It means set apart. Okay, if you have ever uh, taken something and set it somewhere from the rest of the things, you've set something apart. Wow, we all learned. Listen, it says, keep it holy. Made, he made it holy. Holy means set apart. It is important. It is important. Okay. In the Ten Commandments, number four is the Sabbath talks about the Sabbath. This commandment has a longer description than any of the other ten. What? A longer description. And I'll read it. It says, uh, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So, Pastor, what does that mean? Does that mean we go to church? Does that mean we take a nap on Sunday, which 
I'm never going to speak against Sunday afternoon naps. Come on, they're from Jesus, all right? <laughs> Does that mean that if you go to work on Sunday, you're in big trouble? Well, no, because family, if we get really, really real, Saturday's the seventh day, okay? And there's an entire group of, there's an entire faith movement called Seventh Day Adventist that specifically focuses on that Saturday, okay? And so here's what, the, here's what we want to do. We want to take time and reflect. I understand sometimes I have to work on Sunday afternoons. I don't like doing it, but you got to go. You got to go to work. You got to provide for your family. God honors that. So we're not going to be legalistic. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus is called the Lord of the Sabbath, okay? And it actually says the Sabbath was not made for God, but that God made the Sabbath for man, okay? So we're not going to be legalistic. A lot of people freak out, they say, you know, I knew a pastor that literally got run off from his church because he built a playhouse on a Sunday afternoon for his kids. Come on, guys, we're not going to be legalistic. But we are going to realize the importance of having a set-apart time, a sabbatical time where you can get away from the hustle and bustle and just breathe. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school this morning. Uh, hunting season, come on, where my hunter's at? is right around the corner. I saw that hand. Come on, me and you. All right, there we go. <laughs> I always saw, like, I saw two hands. I'm like, dude, these afterglows are going to get real weak, okay? Listen, by the way, uh, the first Sunday in October is camo Sunday, so make sure you wear all your camo that day. Um, but anyway, for me, I love getting out in the woods and, and walking around, sitting, listening. And for me, that's a great time to reflect and to listen to what God has to say to me. And here's the thing, church family, it's important that you realize when you've pushed too hard, when you've worked too much. And I want to give you six, uh, six examples, um, and these are symptoms. And so I want us to be open and honest with ourselves. Um, I don't want you to think, well, you, man, I can work 150 hours a week. It ain't no big deal, brother. I can handle it. Maybe you can. I can't. I'd fall over dead. <laughs> well, maybe you can, but just because you can work that many hours doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. Come on, doesn't mean that there's not something that happens. So let's, let's go through these really quickly. Um, worship was so good this morning. I'm glad we took our time there. Um, the first thing, you have trouble disconnecting. This is the first symptom that you are overworked, that you, you can't disconnect. What does that mean? That when you, you, maybe you go on a date with your spouse, and you sit down to order, and this thing starts making noises. And you look at it, and you say, oh, babe, i got to take this. And you go outside, and you say, hey, man, what's going on? And they say, hey, hey, brother, um, uh, how, do you turn, how do you turn the lights on at the, at the office? You know, you start taking work with you, and work begins to infiltrate family time got to be careful about that. You have trouble. The first thing, the first symptom that you are overworked, that you need to take a break, is that you cannot disconnect. You have trouble disconnecting. Maybe you're out of the office. Maybe you're out of the location, but you just can't stop thinking about it. And you can't stop thinking, man, what are they, how are they going to make it? What are they going to do? Oh, that thing's going to go wrong. You can't disconnect. The second thing, you feel like you're always behind I told Brittany a few weeks ago, I said, Brittany, we got to slow down because our yard was just like, it looked like 
Cambodia. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> it was weeds everywhere, man. And I said, we got to slow down because the backyard's overgrown. The front yard's overgrown. The, there's a mess here. There's a mess there. And I'm thinking, when did we become so, so uh, lazy with keeping up our house? And we realized, well, it's because we've been working like crazy. And so you start getting behind in things. Come on. You start, uh, you maybe... The kid says, hey, dad, are we going to go to that, go do that thing you said we were going to go do? And you're like, uh, what thing, you know, you can't remember because you're losing track. You're getting behind. That's the second sign that you are overworked. You need to take that break. Number three, your health is declining. Y'all, this is so, so, so important. People literally work themselves to death. You know, in Japan, their work week is different than ours, and people literally will die. They work all hours. They have like a 24-hour office day. They, can't, they don't just punch out at 4.30, punch out at 5. They stay. People will literally fall over dead at their desk. Could you imagine? That's great. You're an accountant, and you just, you just die? Wow. Exhaustion, brain fog, and difficulty concentrating. Come on, think about this. And, and, and I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Is this me? Is this me? Do I need to take a stinking break? Stress, woo, feeling tense and on edge. We finna read that one again. Stress is a sign that you are working too much. You come home, just like that little story I told you about myself, you come home and just start blowing up on people, maybe it's time to lean into that Sabbath. Come on. Feeling tense and on edge, anxiety and depression, weight gain or loss, poor eating habits. I took a picture of my son. He came home from, from daycare. He had a hard day at daycare, guys. And he took his shirt off and threw it on the floor, and he went to the freezer and got a big old tub of ice cream, took the lid off, put it on the counter, and he went and sat down on the couch with a spoon, and he just started eating out the ice cream. And I took a picture, and I said, ladies, if your man, if you come home and find your man like this, just leave him alone. <laughs> he done had a day. And uh, listen, but you just, you stop taking care of this temple that God gave you. And let me tell you something, church family, you got to take care of this thing because it will stop working, okay? God wants us to take care of our body. And then the last thing is you can't sleep at night. You lay there and you lay awake. You're worried about your performance at the job. You're worried about this or that. You just get insomnia. Those are all signs that, uh, that you are being overworked. And it's probably, it might be your fault. Because what we do is you, we just want to be team players. Come on. We want to put me in, coach. And so maybe there's some extra work to be done. And you say, hey, I'll, I'll handle it. I'll handle it because you just want to be a team player. And that's great. I think that's honorable to be a team player. But remember that family that needs you to be a team player too. And remember, you need yourself to take a break sometimes. Number four, you can literally count the hours. Uh, and Again, we talked about this a little bit. There's, there's folks out there that work 80 85, all these hours, it's crazy. And a lot of you guys, you say, that's me, that's me. Listen, I respect you for that. But, but don't forget yourself. Don't neglect yourself. 
mentally, physically. Don't neglect that family because we're putting in all those hours. Um, Number five, you feel distant from friends and family. This one stings. This one stings. And listen, let me just say, let me just say, I love you. I love you, church family. We've been kind of preaching hard the past few weeks. We talked about being offended and, and uh, you know, all those kind of things. And so today we're talking about some things that kind of hit home. But listen, I love you and I want the best for you. And I believe that God, I believe that God established the Sabbath. He established times of rest so that we could grow, Okay. And so, uh, number five, you feel distant from friends and family. What happens? You, you're at work. You're focusing on that, on that project, or you're focusing on that, that deadline, or that whatever it may be, and we begin to neglect things. Come on, we begin to, and I understand sometimes you just can't make it to the ball game, but we begin to neglect those things, and maybe we, we, we missed one, and then the next one, we're like, well, I, I, you know, and so then we miss another, and then another, and then another, and then soon and soon we realize that our kid is, uh, our, our children are graduating high school and there are no more games. And we go, oh no, I missed them all. And so I have mad respect. I used to look up and see Lynn when we were playing t-ball and every time their t-ball team came running, I was like, because they was bad. Like they, <laughs> and when I say bad, I mean bad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we were bad, like bad. <laughs> they were bad, like whoa. And, but, but I had so much respect for Lynn because he's out there coaching these kids, man, you're, and you're just, mm, come on. And uh, it, they were good, y'all. They really were. <laughs> anyway, um, so pay attention. Let me just say that. Pay attention to that. Do I, am I beginning to feel distant? Am I beginning to feel disconnected? Because that may be a really great time that you need to lean into that Sabbath, that you need to lean into those times of rest. Six, you've lost your passion. You just can't, you just don't care anymore. You're done. I I like to watch, um, there's a celebrity chef, you all know, Gordon Ramsay. And Gordon, he'll say this to somebody that's having a tough time. He'll get in their face and he'll say, have you given up? Have you given up? And what you see when, when people are overworked and they just, they work and they work and they work and they work and they work. The passion, passion begins to fade. Passion for work, passion for family, passion for spouse. Come on, let me get real. Passion for the enjoyment of being there with your kids. All those things kind of fade and you end up in this gray area where you just kind of work because that's the one thing you know you're good at. Can I get real? All of these things that are negative we can defeat if we simply honor, make, set apart those sabbatical times. Now, let me, let me just lean into this for just, just a minute, and then we're going to close. Your work may not allow you to set a Saturday, a 24-hour period on Saturday apart. It just may not happen. And so, again, we're not going to be legalistic here. But here's what I'm going to tell you to do. I'm going to tell you, you must have set-apart times in your week. It may be one full day. That's great. Come on, that's the best. But it might have to be one hour every evening that you set apart time where nobody's calling you, 
turn the phone off, turn it on airplane if you can, and just bring the family, bring that family unit. Come on, if it's just you and your spouse, bring them in. If it's just you, get in the presence of God. Because here's the thing. Again, the Sabbath was not created for God, but instead created by God for man. Here's the thing, church family. Jesus is our rest. Let me say that again. Jesus is our rest. And so you say to me, Pastor, I'm feeling, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm, I'm, when, if you get to the point, this is a really good way to know. If you get to the point where your fuse is that long, it's time to rest. If you get to the point where you're done, somebody looked at you wrong and you went nuclear, it's time to rest. Somebody said something to you and maybe it wasn't, hey, all right now. I'm up here, y'all. Be chill. Be chill. Okay. Listen, somebody said something, and maybe they didn't even mean it the way you took it. But you go nuclear, it's time to rest. Where is our rest? Is it in a Serta sleep number? No. Our rest is in Jesus. And I'll show you why. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I feel like today there are a lot of us that need, need to hear that. I need to be reminded sometimes, JB, ease up. You're doing too much. Calm down and rest. Families, Make sure that you have that sabbatical time. Make sure that you have that set apart, holy time just with you, just with the family. Come on. And there's so many different things you could do. It could be a getaway. Come on, maybe you go somewhere. Maybe you hunt together. Maybe you watch a movie. Maybe you read. Piper, Piper came and she handed me a book. She said, Dad, can we read this book? It was 400 pages long. I said, girl, you're going to be graduated high school by the time we finish this book. What, are you crazy? <laughs> Keep the Sabbath holy. Church, is pastor saying that you can't go to work on Sunday or Saturday? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find that, that restful time. Find that, the, it may be times throughout your week, and make sure, especially daddies, Daddies, I'm talking to y'all right now. Make absolutely sure that you lean into that time. Especially if you've got little kids. Because you only have little kids for about four years. And I realize this because I have one that's about to turn seven and she's not little anymore. And it it almost broke my heart that everything's not new to her anymore. Dads, moms, make sure, make sure that you keep that Sabbath time. Set it apart. Make it holy. Make it where nothing can touch it. Hey, we're going to go do something, and Dad's going to leave his phone at the house if he has to. And then we'll get lost, and we won't, we won't have GPS. So <laughs> it'll be even more of an adventure. And maybe you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor, I, I, I am. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. My fuse is gone. I just blow up. School, work whatever. 
And the remedy for that, church family, is to rest in Jesus. Rest in his presence. Rest in knowing that we can give our hurt to him. We can give our burden to him. And he can handle it. Sometimes you worry about counseling with someone. Sometimes you worry about asking someone. Man, I'm, I'm so scared to ask people for help because I don't want to bother somebody. There's never been a point where somebody asked Jesus for help and he said, I can't help you right now, man. I'm, I'm busy. I got to do this other thing. There's never been a point where Jesus said, I, I can't handle that. I want you to rest in that. I want you to rest and have peace knowing that the Prince of Peace loves you, knows you, and wants you close to him. Amen? Amen. I hope you heard me this morning. I hope we all learned a little bit about that Sabbath and keeping that Sabbath holy. And maybe you have one of those six symptoms. You're overworked, you're tired, you're frustrated. The answer is Jesus. Take a, take a break. Pray about it. Lean into his presence. Would you stand with me? I want to pray a blessing over you this morning. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for being here this morning. And um, Brittany and I love you so much, church family. I don't use, the, I don't use that family word lightly. This is a big, this is a big family. Um, I do want to invite you to Sunday night service to Elevate. We got a special evangelist coming. And I am super, I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, it's a big surprise. Some of us know. Keep your mouth shut. Uh, I'm super excited. It's going to be an anointed word. And um, in fact, let me, uh, Pastor Jason, I'm putting you on the spot. Can you close us in prayer to, to this morning?